0: This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Knows. So Uddhava Gita chapter 8, the last message of Sri Krishna, verse 26 onwards. The mind which through constant dwelling on sense objects is attached to them and the sense objects which influence the mind, one should give up both being identified with me. We were discussing last week about the different senses and how a person gets attracted towards the sense objects. Anything in the material world that is attracted or where desires arise, such kind of things, objects, people, places, you name it, everything becomes attractive towards the mind. It could be a fancy car, it could be a very beautiful house, it could be a woman, a man, it could be even a dog for that matter. You may like a dog, you know. You are seeing a dog in a kennel somewhere and you say, oh, I wish to have that dog. These are called objects. And the senses have the attraction, the power of attraction for these it will go out, catch hold of it and say, I want it, I want it, I want it. Krishna here says in a very beautiful manner, give up this desire. Give up this desire. Now when these words are being said, what exactly do they mean? You may say that I want my house because where otherwise where will I live? If you want that house, then you will want to take it also. You want to own it. Suppose you need a car, you know, for transportation purposes. Or you need a bus. It is important to take the bus or the car, isn't it? Now they become essentials. Transportation to your office or to your place is very, very important. So you will say, do you think this is a kind of a desire that I should not be having? The answer is, you should have that desire naturally because it is important for your regular life that you have to lead. Some people may say, oh, you mean to say that I should not be getting married just because I have got a desire to get married? The answer is simply well you have to get married so you will get married otherwise also. There are no choices. You are getting married get married. So does it mean that these desires have to be destroyed? No. Krishna is saying something very unique. He says they influence the mind. So one should give up both. That means The mind which dwells on these objects. So two things, the objects and the mind. Both these things have to be given up. How do you give them up? Simply by putting the whole onus on to Krishna. You see, Krishna is planning this whole thing for you. Krishna is planning that you should have a car or you should go by bus, you should get married, you should have a house. He is giving you those things. If somebody is giving you something, don't you take it? Imagine if someone wants to give you, say, thousand rupees, just like that, JLT. (laughs) So will you not take it? Of course you are going to take it. Just like that, free. Now think about it. In the same way Krishna says, surrender these things to me. Means, it is Krishna's will that is making those things happen. It is written in your prarabdha karma that you are supposed to get married supposed to get that car or supposed to own that house. The moment you shift this onus onto Krishna and this has to be done with a good heart of course. (laughs) Not just because oh I want to shift all the blame to Krishna. No. When you are a devotee of the Lord and you say that Krishna is planning this for me. I am only an instrument in the hands of the Lord. He has programmed this in my life that I have to get married or I have to get this house or I have to get whatever that I got to get. So my mind is not the person. That mind is not that entity or the person or whatever who is actually telling me you should get it. The idea has come to the mind through the Lord. So is the mind responsible? If you keep put the onus on the mind, then the mind becomes responsible. Then it becomes a further karma. So he says, get identified with me. I hope you understood the meaning of this. Alright. So now let us move to the next one. So we are doing chapter 8. Verse 27 onwards. Wakefulness, dream and profound sleep are attributed to the intellect. Being due to gunas. The self is distinct from them since it is conclusively proved to be their witness. Spirituality is a subject about the spirit. Not it. Spirituality has nothing to do with the body. I keep on repeating this over and over again so that one day it is going to sink inside of you. I hope for that day. I pray for that day. I have to say that. Because you see, this knowledge is, it's a simple one-liner. See, the one-liner says, you are not the body. You are that effulgent spirit. So, everything associated in this world, anything that you can think of, whether you are thinking of breathing, I am breathing. This is my life breath. Prana. I am thinking with my mind. I am studying for the examination Whatever that you do in this material world is only connected to the physical body. The mental body. Got it? The mental body is mind and intellect. Yeah. So everything that you can think of, visualize or assume that it is connected to some great entity. It's nothing to do with that entity. It has everything to do with the bodies, the three bodies. So gross body, subtle body, and the causal body. All the things that you can think of is connected only to these bodies. The important sentence is, you are not the bodies. Remember this constantly. You are the spirit. So, wakefulness, awake. Oh, I am awake. Most of you go to sleep in my satsangs. Wakefulness, when you are awake, when your eyes are open, when you are listening, when things are going on, is the wake state, you know, where you are awake. Then we have the next state, which is called the dream state. Dream state is When you are dreaming, you know, you are lying down, that REM sleep, whatever you call it, and you are dreaming. Well, you may be dreaming of eating a biryani, for all you know. You may be doing something in this world. The dream is not real, you know that. Hmm. So think like that. Second state is the dream state and the third one is called the deep sleep state. So these three states are attributed to the intellect the intellect is what body subtle body this body is a physical one which you can see touch feel and all that that is a physical body which is a gross body made up of bones and you know flesh and skin and this and that you know, all those things you have got a skull also maybe you know maybe brain also who knows <laughs> so, all those things are called physical body or what we call as a gross body. Stool sharir, gross. The next one is subtle body. Your breathing, the pranic sheet. Then we have the mind, kosha. Thinking, I am thinking. Then the next one is called intellectual body. Actually, its intellectual is a part of the subtle body. So I will still say intellectual. So he says, intellect. All these things that we are talking about, all these things that we are talking about, which is connected into the sleep, Dream and wakefulness has to do with the intellect. Remember that. And what happens during this? It is connected to the gunas. See, gunas. Now, you have seen the three monkeys of three monkeys of what? Mahatma Gandhi? They are closing their eyes, ears and their mouth. Hear no evil, speak no evil. I was thinking we should have two more monkeys in that. Think no evil and do no evil. Man wants to do evil. Man wants to think evil. Why does he have to think evil and do evil? All these things are connected only to which state? In the wakeful state, you are doing all this nonsensical stuff, isn't it? And all that replays back to you in your dream state also. Whatever you do, you may be speaking to some friend of yours whom you have not met for a very long time and suddenly when the friend appears and in the dream also, you will find the same friend appearing and you say, hello sir, let's go and have a cup of tea. Okay. This state of the dream It's not real. You know that. When you wake up from that dream of yours, you will say, Oh, my friend was here just now. Where has he gone? So, he's not there. It's a dream. So, these three states, hmm, wakeful, dream and deep sleep are connected to the intellect only. And they are connected to the gunas. The three gunas are Sattva Rajas and Tamas. Now you will find that there are yogis who sit in meditation, right? Now you may say that fellow is a lazy fellow; he's not opened his eyes; he just kept them closed. He must be fast asleep. No, sir. Even in that sleep state, <laughs> you think it's sleep state. It is the next state after that. It is called the turiya, okay, or what we call as the meditative state. He's gone in that state. He is not tamasik, it's not a laziness-ka sleep, it is a sleep which is full of sattva. He is attaining something, but how do you know that? When you become a saint, you will understand, (laughs) if you become a saint. Okay. I should not be qualifying these sentences but you understand what I mean is you will be in a sattvic state. So these are influenced by the gunas. So even in your waking state, the gunas are acting. So I call those three monkeys, isn't it? And I added two more monkeys to it. One is the one thinker monkey and one is the doer monkey. (laughs) So, if I have these five monkeys sitting over there, and you are the fifth, or you are the sixth one, don't worry. <laughs> okay, maybe we should have six of them. So, these what is what are they doing? They are doing something, and this something can be defined in three ways: sattvic, rajasic, and tamasic. Anything that you can do in this world can be converted into Sattva Guna also. You do good in this world. It's a sattva guna. Okay? You want to make money, you want to do something worthwhile, you think. That's a rajo guna. Passion. The third one is called tamo I don't want to do anything. And you don't want to do anything, that is your state. Laziness, inertia, inaction. So, everything is ruled by these three states. Remember this. Which state would you like to be in? Most of you would prefer the second one. You know why? I have to make money. I have to become rich. You know, I don't like these Warren Buffet's of this world becoming very rich. I want to become rich. So, So, you want to have the second state. But those who are on the path of spiritual want the first one, which is called Sattva Guna. So, whatever they do, they should be doing it in the Sattva Guna. So, he says, All that I have spoken of till just now in the last 10 minutes is connected to the bodies. Don't forget that. I started my sentence that you are not the body. Right? So, don't be under the impression that this is connected to you. You are not the body. Everything that you do, the body does, is connected to the body, not to you. Because you are the self and you are effulgent. Nothing touches you. Why, oh you, that is the self. Why? This particular thing, the self is distinct from them. The self is not connected to the gunas. The self is not connected to the activities that are happening in this material world. It is not connected to the sleep state or the waking state or the dream state. It's not even connected to that. Since none of these are connected to the self, the self is effulgent. It is distinct from all that. And it is only a witness, it just watches. Got it? Watching. I am going to watch you, it says. So the self is only watching. Does it do anything? No. 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 The answer is, God is doing this for me. If I am in trouble, God is putting me in trouble. When something good happens to you, God is not doing good to you. I am doing good to myself. You see, if I earn million dollars in a lottery, I bought the ticket myself, you know, and I am very lucky. I got this money. And maybe as a passing thought, they will say, Oh, God gave it to me. Otherwise, I am the lucky guy. So I hope you understand this. The self is not bothered. The self is God Almighty. He is just watching. I am watching you. So, this is the thing we need to know that the self is only a witness. It is not involved in activity. It is not doing anything. It is not even asleep. The self is not asleep. It is awakened. That means it is effulgent. It is full of knowledge. These are the things that you need to no. So we move to the next one. We are doing chapter 8 from the Uddhava Gita, verse 28. The last message of Sri Krishna. Because the entanglement with the intellect sets the gunas in motion in the jiva, therefore, one should give it up, resting on me, the transcendent. Then the sense, object and mind Come to be disassociated so did you get that two verses together you know what he says first and foremost did I not say that don't keep on saying I did it I did it I did it say the Lord has given this job to me even the marriage thing which I said in the beginning okay God wants me to marry this girl But at the back of the mind, you better remember the self or God Almighty does not do anything. You can attribute it to him. Attribution is okay. But do not keep on saying that God is disturbing my life. You know, when a person gets married and they have a bad marriage, they'll say, you know, God gave me this girl so that I get into trouble. Or God gave me this man so that I become, you know, the worst character. Okay, come on. God is not even bothered. Got it? So here only attribution is required. We just attribute it. Okay. God has given me this job. God has given me this body. So I just got to do these things. That is it. So, attribute it to him consider that this is something which has come to you because of his grace. Ashirwad it has come to you because of his grace. If you are getting a very beautiful house, thank you God for giving me this wonderful house. Thank you God for giving me this wonderful girl. You, see, you understand what I am saying? okay? You just thank him. Attributed to him, but remember, he is not the one who is doing it. No way, because he's only a witness. Did I not say witness? So always remember this: the God Almighty is only a witness. Now in this verse, he says, "How do you remove these objects from this mind of yours?" Hmm. Resting on me. So, important word over there. Resting on me. Attribute it to me. Attribute it to me. When you attribute it to me, you will not take the onus or the credit of that object, isn't it? It is simply like this. When your grandfather gave you a chocolate, When he gave you a chocolate, you attribute it to the grandfather, isn't it? As a kid, when you got the chocolate from your grandfather or Santa Claus, you say, no, Santa Claus gave me a chocolate. Do you say, I went and asked Santa for a chocolate. Do you say that words? No. You just say, Santa gave me the chocolate. Attribute it to him. Your mother or father or somebody out there will say, there are no Santa, okay? That fellow from the petrol pump or somewhere he is giving you. He is from the departmental store, no? He is an employee of the departmental store. He is wearing those long beard and doing ho 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 during Christmas. So he is an employee who has given. Why? Because they are promoting their store. So these logical fellows in this world, no, they talk like this. Attribute it. It's God's messenger, you know. Santa Claus is God's messenger. The God's messenger has come and given you a chocolate. You have to be that innocent person in life, you know. When you are that innocent person in life, you will attribute it to the Santa Claus and to God Almighty. Likewise, you will attribute everything to your grandfather or grandmother, whoever is giving you the chocolate or whatever that he is giving you. Same way in this material world, whatever that you are getting or you are doing, it is because of God's grace attributed to Him. Got it? This is a very general way of looking at it. When this happens, the sense object and the mind, both the sense object, we have discussed the sense objects enough, and the mind, which was so much attached to I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. All these will get disassociated it will break off from this bondage of karma no karma will stick to you so i have explained to you how this can be done when you attribute it to god almighty then krishna in our case then everything is done by krishna you are just an instrument Ramakrishna Paramahansa said, Okay, God is the operator. I am only a machine. So consider like that. If you consider yourself only the machine and God is the operator, where are you concerned? You are just doing your job. Right? Then you know karma will come to you. Okay? Now it's an important verse we are going to do. So, though all the verses are important, but this pay a little attention. So, we are doing Uddhav Gita, chapter 8, verse 29, from the last message of Sri Krishna. Knowing the bondage due to egoism to be the source of all trouble for the Jiva, one should be averse to it and give up one's identification with the intellect resting on the transcendent. Hmm... You see, when you meet any of these intellectual people, intellectual people, they will say, I learnt it in my graduation days. I learnt it from this. I studied in this college and I, okay, okay, okay. My professor said this, my, you know, the, theories, the thesis, everything. It was like yesterday when somebody said, you know, we attribute everything towards this creation of this whole thing is attributed towards the Big Bang. You think that is the ultimate? No. Tomorrow it is going to be something else. You will attribute this creation of this universe to something else. Today we don't even know what is there on Mars. The Mars rover is roaming around. It is in a small pit somewhere on in Mars and it is going over it is going all over and it is taking 360 degree pictures of a very tiny space how do you know that there are no Martians with two sticking you know like that you don't know (laughs) so (laughs) the idea is we don't know likewise the big bang happened today the theory is in vogue people think it is very important theory Tomorrow somebody else will come up with some new theory. After that, day after tomorrow, somebody else will come up with another theory. In the next hundred years, things are going to change. Please understand this. Which theory is right? No idea. When you are there in that time, you will say that that is right, isn't it? Here what are we talking about? We are talking about this egotism which comes with it. The egotism says, I know. I read about it. You read about it. That is why. Very good. So you just read about it in the newspaper or you have read some article or you have done some kind of a research and in that you believe that that is so. Good for you. Krishna says, If you understand, this is I who is talking. Who is this I? The lower self. The lower self talks, and because the lower self talks, what is happening? You attribute everything to the ego. I am a Nobel Prize winner scientist. I have written great theories. Okay. So you are a great scientist, you have written great theories, you are very good at it. Okay, you are attributing it to I, me, myself. A story of Ramanuja says that this man could solve the problems very fast, you know, mathematical problems very fast. He was an uneducated person. He never studied. And even after being an uneducated person, he could write a 150-page document and send it to England. And the professor over there saw that documents and wow, this is great. He is a great mathematician. Do you think that that small body of that person called Ramanuja okay, could have so much of knowledge in it that he could spout such big knowledge and understanding? You are saying he is a great you know, mathematician. Okay, great for you. Good for you. Well, the knowledge and everything flew From his mind they say. Of course not. He was just a channel for that thing to come out. That is what is called attribution. If Ramanuja says I am just a channel and I am just spouting what I am told to say. Then the attribution to the body goes away. Did you get it? There are child prodigies. They keep on playing music, you know, all kinds of instruments and they may write music and they can do a lot of stuff. They can be running, they can be jumping, they can be doing all kinds of, you know, fantastic activities. If they attribute it to that four-year-old or five-year-old or six-year-old and they say, oh, he's a genius. No. You think that is going to happen? It is happening because of There is somebody out there who is doing that for us. He is pushing it through that body. This is what he says. Knowing the bondage due to egoism is the source of all trouble for the jiva. One should be averse to it and give up one's identification with the intellect resting on the transcendence. If you are a genius, if you think you know too much, It is your own folly. Do you think that that small body or the small brain of yours is just a few grams in weight? You think that is capable of giving such kind of high, you know, high-tech knowledge or whatever? No, I'm sorry, it cannot. How much memory can you store in that? What is the kind of thing that you can do? So when you attribute it to the God, you say that the Lord is doing all this through me then the karma doesn't get stuck to that person. If he says, I did it, I did it, I did it, it is called egotism. And when this egotism is there, it puts the person in bondage. Whatever the person does and says, I did it, it is going in as his ego and it sticks to that person as a karma. And when it sticks to that in them as a karma, it is full of trouble. You know very simply if you have done something wrong what is it that you do? I didn't do, I didn't do, I didn't do. Don't you do that? Hmm? It's a simple answer. See? If you have done then the onus lies with you. Doesn't it? As a child you might have broken a bottle. Huh? And mummy comes later on and sees you Anna sees that bottle, the broken bottle and she says, who did this? What is the first thing that you do? I didn't do, I don't even know about it. So the mummy says, okay, there must be a rat somewhere. He must have you know, thrown that bottle and it must have broken. So you have not taken the onus on yourself so you are not getting into trouble, correct? I am not saying you should tell lies but you understand what I am trying to tell you? When you don't take the onus, when the eye doesn't come into the picture, the onus is not with you, your ego doesn't come into play, you are not taking credit for it, nothing is sticking to you. But when you say God is doing all this thing, the onus immediately shifts to Krishna. So he says, knowing the bondage is due to egotism is the source of all the trouble for the jiva. One should be averse to it and give it up. Give up this identification with the intellect. This identification, I did, I did, I did, I did. Give it up. So when you do this, resting it on the transcendent, give this onus up, get this thing out of the way by saying, God is the doer. But remember the words, God is not the doer. Did I not say these words previously? You can attribute it to him but don't ever point fingers at him and say you are the doer. You destroyed my life. So, how does that happen? That's another story. Maybe one day I will tell you. So, we move to verse 31. Okay. Chapter 8 verse 31 from the Uddhava Gita the last message of Sri Krishna as objects other than the atma are unreal diversity caused by them is false as is also its passage to the other spheres with its causes as is the case of a man seeing the dream oh i missed one verse okay sorry verse 30 Till a man's notion of multiplicity is put a stop to by reasoning he is as good as asleep even though awake or he is ignorant as one fancies oneself awake in a dream. So I will read the verse again because it is slightly difficult again. So the Gita chapter 8 verse 30 says Till a man's notion of multiplicity is put a stop to by reasoning he is as good as asleep even though awake, for he is ignorant as one fancies oneself awake in dream. So, this means multiplicity. What is multiplicity? Too many things, no? Too many things, too much of things happening. You see, when you are thinking, I'm thinking in my mind, we say, when I'm thinking in my mind, how many things are going on? Too much. There's too much of muck around you. You're full of that, oh my God, so many things going on in my mind simultaneously. That is what is called multiplicity, too much going on. So he says, still a man's notion of multiplicity, is put to a stop by reasoning. Put everything to a stop. Don't keep on thinking, I did this. If this happens, that happens. What will I do? What will I do? What will I... You know that thought process which keeps on coming? If I do like this, this will happen. If I do like that, that will happen. If I don't do this, this may not even happen. The thoughts, they just keep on coming and coming and coming. So the answer is, why are you doing this dancing? Stop this dancing. Stop this multiplicity. Stop this thought processing continuously. Don't get into this thought processing. When you get out of this thought processing and you get say and say to yourself that why do I have to think about all these things? You see, when you get into trouble, like today's case, the coronavirus, oh I cannot fly because my flight is not there you know coronavirus has come and this has come and you know people are getting affected. I should not be going to office because if I go to office somebody is affected over there and that person he may just talk to me or he may shake hands with me. I will get the coronavirus. How many things are going on? You see just that thought itself of coronavirus is causing so much of disturbance in the minds of people isn't it? Why did that thought come? You think the coronavirus is some great great shakes, is it? But thought has come and it is going to destroy your mind. What is the thing that you got to do? This is what he says. These are called the multiplicity of things that are going on in you. Put to a stop by reasoning. Put it to a stop. Don't, don't keep on this kind of you know tandava going on tuck, 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 tuck. Reason what is the worst that can happen to you? Worst that can happen to any person in any place is the person can die, can fall sick, may get admitted to the hospital, may lose limbs or something like that. What is the worst that can happen? that is it? Everybody has to die. But it, everybody has to die one day or the other. So, what is the big deal that you are thinking of? What is the worst that can happen to it? Don't think too much. Reason it out. It is just your mind talk. Mind is jabbering, jab, jab jab, jab, jab jab, jab, jab. So think that when you are stopping this kind of nonsensical thoughts, what do you do? Put yourself to a sleep that you know. Let it be. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Say those words, you know. It's alright. Doesn't matter. You know, what it means is just relax. Chill party. Chill madi, Whatever. Be chill. So when you have to become chill and not bother so much about coronaviruses of this world or some nonsense in this world, at that point in time, you're literally putting yourself to sleep your mind say you tell the mind shut up don't talk too much right so when you say that what happens nothing happens so all this that was happening in the material world which you think was happening is only your thought processing don't you think it's like a dream being played while you're awake? huh? Coronavirus. First, you don't know what coronavirus looks like also. Imagine it has got two eyes like this and it's coming towards you. Okay, you think it's some kind of a, you know, dirty looking no, kind of a pig. No, coronavirus, who, who cares? You see, we have gone through enough viruses in our own life. Our own spouses may be viruses. What? Our own teachers, you know, our own friends may be viruses. You see, they have a face, no? Think coronavirus looks like one of your horrible friends. Why does it matter? Is that friend there in your life today? No. Then why are you so much thinking about it? So, just let it be. Let it be. Chill so think that it is only a dream and when you think of it only as a dream it is not going to trouble you remember once you wake up from the dream what happens there is nothing there no coronavirus not it (laughs) so you to just think all this is nothing but a dream whatever you think is happening to you whatever that thing which is going on in your mind is only a dream. Why make such a big ullabulu about it? Can you chill, relax? Don't bother so much. It's just a dream. And if things that are there in this world which are supposed to be happening, physically they are happening, you don't want to take credit for it. Remember that. The Lord has put you in that place and he is making things work. Attribute it to him. The rest is only a dream. You attribute everything to the Lord then the onus of it does not come on you. This is a very simple way of putting the onus on the Lord. And the rest is nothing but a dream. Got it? So this is all that you need to know today. So tomorrow we will do verse 31 and I will see you all tomorrow. Take care. Have a very good day. Bye.